Yeah. We're rolling. Oh, oh, sorry. Hey, good morning, friends. Have you ever tried to use a tool for something other than it was created for? I got this screw that I was trying to screw in here, and it didn't really work with a, a knife or, or a hammer. But hey, I was trying. Do you ever, ever think about that? Have you ever tried to use a tool for something other than it was created for? So I grew up in a home where my dad is an engineer, a mechanic, and a teacher, which means there was a reason why you did exactly what you did, and my dad made sure that I knew how to use the tool properly because, honestly, things get dangerous when you use things outside of their intended purpose. And while that's true in a silly illustration like using a screwdriver and a knife to screw in a screw, it's even more true in life. You and I were created for a purpose. And a lot of times we, we try to adopt our own purpose. We try to use our lives for something other than what God designed it for. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning as we dive into week six of Rooted. Rooted in service. I want to draw your attention to a passage um, in Scripture. We're going to be looking primarily through at the book of Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to read it in just a moment. But, but before we do, I just want to begin by asking you this question. Do you know that you were created for a purpose? Your life has a purpose? Have you, have you ever thought about that? And, and do you know what it is? From the, from the very beginning of Scripture, even the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1 and 2, says we were created by God and we had a purpose. Immediately after creating humanity, he put them to work. There was something for them to do. They had a purpose in God's plan. And we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read one verse and we're going to break it down. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So let's break this down. We are God's handiwork. Let's break that down further. We are God's. And I don't mean God's like we're personally God's, like we belong to him. Like he owns us. He, he's the one who gets to lead this thing we call life. Is that how you would describe your life? Is he your reference point? So we are God's, and we are God's handiwork. Handiwork. What is handiwork? Another translation that I really like says workmanship. We are God's workmanship. I want you to picture in your mind um, a piece of wood, and maybe whittling a piece of wood. You know, you have a piece of wood, and you're just whittling it down, and you're curving it. And I grew up with a grandfather who taught me how to whittle. And, he gave me a knife to do it. And I would whittle down pieces of wood. And, and there's something cool about that is, is you're carving this piece of wood into maybe a spear, maybe, you know, as a kid it was a knife. Sometimes it was a handle for something that I was making. Um, as you're doing this, you're touching it. My, my hands are all over this. And this idea that we are God's handiwork, his workmanship, has this picture of God forming us with his hands all over us. And, and as I was working, whittling away at this piece of wood, my hands would sweat, and you could see it on the wood as I was, it was absorbing my sweat as I'm shaving off layer after layer to make it what I wanted it to be, as I formed it for a purpose. And 
I remember one time I actually nicked my hand in doing it and I got blood on it and I liked it so much I left it on it because I'm like, I left my mark on it. And now that's kind of funny, right? Because my name is Mark, so we'll get over the humor. But there's something about this craftsmanship, this ownership. We belong to God. We were designed by him for a purpose. And I just love that image. Every part of that wood was touched by me. And every part of us was touched by God with care and intent. It's, it's like Paul is saying every piece was formed in a particular way for a particular purpose. And, and here's the cool thing. It says we are God's. It's not just like I am God's workmanship, which I am, but we are collectively. And so as he's forming me and as he's forming you, he has a plan for us together. And I want you to remember this idea of together as we look at the rest of the passage. The second part of this is we are God's handiwork for what? Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So let's break that down a little bit. Created in Jesus. That means that God designed us, but Jesus is really the one who both formed us but continues to form us. God planned us and Jesus shapes us to serve him and his purposes. Uh, Paul puts it this way in uh, Colossians 1.16. The last part of verse 16 says, All things were created by him and for him. This is talking about Jesus. Everything was created by him and for him. Like there was a purpose by which we were created for him and his will. And it says we were created in Jesus to do good works. And, and I want to be sure that as I say good works, that you aren't conjuring up in your mind that I got to be a good moral person who never sins. Like, that's not a bad thing, but that's not what this passage is talking about. This passage is talking about collectively, we take these individual lives who in community have a purpose of doing something good, restorative, that is for the purposes of God in this world. The, the idea is about living into the purposes of God in community together. That's where God works. That's what we were designed for, and it is good. The last part of the verse says that, we, that these are uh, God prepared in advance for us to do, that this handiwork that was created by Jesus to do good works was prepared in advance for us to do. So God has a purpose that includes your life and my life, uh, our life. But because it's our life, it's not about me. God has a purpose for your life and my life. It includes our life together, which means God's purpose is not fundamentally about me or how I feel. It's not about me. Which means it's a whole other way of thinking again. So it's not just that it's not about my personal life, it's about our corporate life together, and it's not even primarily focused on what we collectively get out of it. It's focused on what he wants, what God has prepared in advance for us to do together. God prepared God's will and purposes, not our own. It means that, that God's priorities and purposes for our life take precedent over our own desires. It means humbling ourselves and taking on his priorities. It means subjugating ourselves to him and often serving one another in love, humbling ourselves in that way. It's placing our lives under his authority. 
and it's assuming the role of a servant to him and his purposes. Consider the words of Jesus. When his disciples said, hey, how should we pray? Jesus responded with these words in Matthew 6. It says, this is how you should pray, which means this is how you should talk to God, relate to God, think about your relationship with God. So he says this, our Father in heaven, holy is your name, means set apart. Your kingdom come, it says, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in, have, in heaven. And so you, you think about this idea, and, I, and I'm taking some uh, very short parts of the Lord's Prayer to highlight this. Do you notice there's three things that, that Jesus is telling them to do? May your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. So these three things um, are what I like to say, pray the may. First of all, may your name be honored, tells us, reminds us, it's not about us, individually or even corporately. It's not about what we want to do as the church. It's what is he calling us to do and how do we respond faithfully. And then may your kingdom come, which means, God, it's not about the name of Harbor Covenant Church or or North Campus or my small group. It's about the name of Jesus, who is the king. And and honestly, guys, if, if Jesus is our king, then that means there's nothing he can't ask in our lives that he isn't calling us to surrender. That's why we talk about laying our lives down for him. And then it says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, your will. God, so it's not my individual will. It's not about my name and reputation. Um, it's not about our name and reputation, though that is important because it should reflect the nature and character of Jesus. It's fundamentally about keeping focused on being a member of his kingdom. We were created for a purpose, to participate in his kingdom that God prepared in advance for us to do. And we are called to live that out. And Jesus tells his disciples, this is how I want you to pray. And I want you to think about this. Jesus is telling them, I want you to view your life, all of your life, as focused on him, asking for God's purposes to be done. This prayer isn't just a prayer for for asking God to do this, but it's a prayer that forms us as we seek it together. Do you see that? This, this prayer is something that we collectively do that forms us so that we seek that reality together. Jesus said in Mark uh, 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus tells us that his purpose for coming, the purpose of God in his kingdom, is God's purpose in the world, which means that he's going to assume the role of a servant. And guys, this is so important as we're, as we're thinking about being rooted in the very fundamentals. To follow Jesus is to be a servant of God and his kingdom and how we flesh it out in community together. That Jesus says he didn't come to serve himself, but to serve God and his purposes. And, and what does that look like? For you and me personally, it's clear it's not serving me or myself first. Uh, It's clear it's not just doing what other people want me to do. Jesus didn't do what people wanted. He didn't do what he wanted them to do. He he was doing what the Father wanted him to do. Um, Serving God's purposes for others by doing what he wanted. So there's this reflection of God's purpose in the nature of Jesus who took on the form of a servant. 
And Paul explains this further in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. He says this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even on a cross. Do you see what Paul is building on? This, this idea that at the very heart of being a Jesus follower is this idea about being a servant, viewing ourselves this way. Paul says this is the, this is the mindset we should adopt. Verse 5, so have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So how do you think about yourself? Uh, do you think about yourself fundamentally as a servant? God is my Lord and Savior. Jesus is, is my master, the one I'm going to follow, and there's nothing he can't ask of my life that I will not do, including laying it down for, for his purposes, to exhaust myself for his sake. And, and I'm not talking about like being un, totally unhealthy and like um, putting myself in, in a place where I have no uh, resources or energy or compromise myself. I mean that at the very heart of who I am, when, when you take off and you peel off the layers of my life, the very thing that bleeds out of my heart is that I want to serve. I want to serve him. I want to be his person for his purposes. Have the same mindset a way of thinking about ourselves, a way of living our lives in this world. Does that look like Jesus? Does your life reflect Jesus? Does it reflect the heart of a servant because it's flushed out in your life? Does our church reflect the heart of a servant whose goal is to serve God more than anything else and to bring him delight. Is that what people see when they see us together? Jesus understood who he was and what was required of him, and that required of him becoming a servant. I want you to notice in verse 6 and verse 7, there's this statement that says, being in very nature God, and then it says, taking the very nature of a servant. Like, he knew who he was, and what he did, who he was, caused him to take on the role of doing something that was required of him for God's purposes, which means taking on that nature, God and man, servants. Both say nature and form. And, and that word in the original language has this idea of, of an outward representation. It's this, it's this reflection of something that exists. And so this servant idea is, is an outward expression of that inward heart that God has put in us who choose to follow him. Jesus was a servant. And, and if he was a servant and we're to reflect him, then we ought to also become servants of God in this world, individually and corporately. This just isn't, isn't an individual task. It's not about you saying, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I don't like what you're doing there, so I'm going to do this. It's, it's saying, no, no, I'm going to live my life faithfully to respond to the needs that God puts in front of me every day 
That's an individual thing. But it's us coming together and discerning together, God, how do we faithfully represent and serve you, reflect you in the world around us? That's where we find our purpose. So we're not using screwdrivers and hammers to screw in a screw. It doesn't work that way. It's dangerous that way. Are are we the kind of church that when people see us and think about Harbor Covenant Church, do they say, man, that is a serving community? I have this secret desire that I use as kind of a, a personal reflection. I want us to be the kind of church that if we were to leave the community which God has placed us, people would notice and they would be sad. They would have seen the impact that we made by how we lived our lives as servants of Jesus and they would miss us because of the impact we are making on the community. Because that that requires us taking a, a mindset that is so difficult to do. It is a humbling A humbling that that Jesus did, being fully God, and yet taking the form of a servant. He he did it perfectly, and he invites us to do the same. I know I'm not God, but oftentimes I think I'm way more than I should be. And it's so hard for me to remember that at the heart of who he's created me to be is a servant who's called to serve him and his purposes. My challenge is, will we see ourselves as servants of the king? Servants for his glory to bless this world. I'm going to spend a minute, and I I want to just say a few things that we do as a church. Harbor Covenant Church is intentional. We we spend time every year setting aside a Sunday from, from worshiping and being together to worshiping God through the way that we serve. We call it CMJ, Compassion, Mercy, and Justice Sunday, where we go out and we serve throughout the community a variety of nonprofits and individuals to reflect the heart of God. North Campus has a practice of, we call it service Sundays, that quarterly we take a Sunday off and do that also, just on a smaller scale. Because in doing that, it forms us. There's so many of us at Harbor Covenant Church who, who spend time on work teams, care teams, the Barnabas team making phone calls, visits, meals, deliveries, flowers. There's Teams that go to Alaska and to India on mission trips to serve abroad. There's Camp Easter Seals work projects. There's Northwest Furniture Bank builds, household collections, on-site assistance at Northwest Furniture Bank store. Uh, We just recently completed a clothing drive for students at a school who had need for winter clothes. Uh, We always do an annual kickoff event, an Advent kickoff, where we do a service project to bless somebody outside of ourselves. And every Christmas, we take a benevolent offering where 100% of what is given goes to the needs of others. We're, We're trying. And I'm not saying we're doing it great. I'm not saying, kudos to us, we're so great, we're a serving community. I'm not trying to brag us about us that way, but I want you to know that's our hearts. And that's the calling of God. We find purpose when we engage that. We, we find purpose when we actually participate in these things that we're doing together. It's too easy for us in an individualistic world to say, well, this is what I'm doing when God is calling us to participate in something that's more than what I could do by myself. 
And so part of my challenge to us as a church, if we're going to adopt the model and idea of being a servant and humbling ourselves, is to get past our personal agendas to say, God, what is your agenda for us and how do we live into it? This Sunday night, we're going to be praying at City Hall at 5.30 p.m. because we're two weeks out from the next election cycle. Uh, We're going to be praying for our city, our state, our nation, and our world because it needs it. And, and, And honestly, we need it. And we need it because we need to be formed in the way of God. Not praying what our desires are or our will to be done, but praying his will to be done. Praying the may, that he gets honored, that his kingdom come, that his will is done in and through our lives together. And I hope you'll join us at City Hall this Sunday night at 5.30. Guys, we are his craftsmanship, his workmanship, his fingerprints were all over us in in his formate, informing us. And if we'll allow him, they will continue to be all over us as we allow him to continue to form us into the servants he's calling us to be. My prayer for us is that we would be rooted in Jesus, which means we would be rooted in service. Because guys, life will never work if you're not using it for the purpose for which God gave it to us. Let's pray. Fathers, we come to a close of this time of looking at your word, we recognize that you have a plan that is bigger than us, but includes us, and we want to be faithful to respond to it. And so, Father, we offer ourselves to you as your servants, servants of you, your honor, your kingdom, your will. Lead us, guide us, both as individuals and especially as a community of faith, that people would see your love, your light, your heart of service in us. We pray this in the mighty name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ.